0: Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds.
1: There's a little spiel I do in the beginning. So if you're coming in and you know the spiel already, it's like when the teacher tells you to take out your notebook and your pencil and you already know because you already paid attention to read what was on the board. So you can go ahead and just say hi to your friends and I'm just going to tell people that are new what in the world they're tuning into, right? Because I realized that there's a lot of, for those of you that don't know, the responses that I get to these things and to my videos in general and my books, or book, uh, teacher class, off now available on amazon.com and everywhere book sales sales take place. Um, There are so many different people that watch this and from so, like, from all over the world. So for those of you that are showing up to be a part of this community, like, it is, it's not just teachers, but there's, college professors, there are principals, there are vice principals, there are directors of special education. there are college students that have been told about uh, this channel and our community from their teachers. There ha- are people from all over the world, from China to South Africa to North, well South Korea. I don't know that North Korea even has YouTube, but uh, from Russia, from Germany, from South America, it is like it's so unbelievable to me that as we're just sitting here in New Jersey in my laundry room, The dog on the floor not so secret wife off tier to my left like um that that is that's the community that we're engaging in and i think when i i i I don't want that to ever be lost on me but i do forget the breadth of sort of the work that we are doing all so um if you've not been here before my name is cj reynolds this is my youtube channel real rap with reynolds and what Real Rapid Reynolds really is, is a community of educators that are trying to help one another to be the teacher they always wanted to be or the teacher that they were called to be. And so, one of the ways that we do that is by meeting every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which isn't technically night, but it used to be at night. So, we just didn't change the name, we just changed the time. It is a bunch of us showing up to try and be the best teacher we can be this week in school, because we know that Sundays are the most terrifying day of the week. If this is not enough for you, right? We don't just stop on Sundays. There's also mentoring calls that you could do. You can just go right to our website, realrapwithreynolds.com. This also gets turned into a podcast. So if you want to listen to it on your run or on your way to school, there's also a book, Teach Your Class Off, The Real Rap Guide to Teaching. Um, There's a Facebook group, uh, Sun. uh, what is it? Real. A so Facebook group that I can't. What the <laughs> heck's the name of our Facebook group? Teacher uh, Talk. Real with Reynolds. Teacher Talk. Yes, community. on Facebook. Um, yeah, and so that's that's kind of the gig right now. Um, if you are new here, also, all you have to do is drop your question in the uh, in the like comment section, description area, whatever the heck that by thing is, word
0: recall system is I'm really firing on full speed today I
1: think it's partially because I'm excited to be here yeah, like I was I even it. said last night like that having off last week was kind of rad because I just felt like I was ex- really excited to be here today so um yeah so I, I am excited to be here I'm excited about my new shirt too see this new shirt teacher class off the spray paint on it bam um, I also think it's funny that it has my head on it. So it's like someone would wear my head right on their heart. Actually, your heart's over here, but on the opposite side of your heart, um, right next to your heart. So, uh, yeah, listen, um, are you ready? Cause I have th- something I'm going to say. Oh, otherwise. yeah, go for it. I, I
0: mean, want to
1: just, I, I do this sometimes, but I want to do it again. Cause I like doing it. I want to publicly thank Edie, my helper from texas from west Texas, southern west texas i mean like like it's hot in the winter texas um edie when we were in texas last week so we were in new mexico we drove like an hour and a half or whatever to lubbock texas edie drove three hours to meet us and she and her brother john uh and us got to go out to lunch another viewer stormy uh drove i don't know what what is not very far to them apparently, but was an hour, an hour, hour and a half. Everything's to an more. hour,
0: like when you're in
1: Texas, when you're I, outside. Yeah. Like in Philly, everything's twenty minutes away. In Texas, it's like everything's like oh, text Target's only an hour and a half. Let's go. I'm like, what? Like, are we planning a day out? Um, so I just want to thank Edie not only for just like driving and meeting us, but um, just for like all the stuff that she helps us do. Like, so when you guys submit questions, they go to Edie in Texas, and then Edie sends them to my wife, and then my wife pulls mm-hmm. them up because Edie makes everything nice and neat on a Google document so that we actually understand what's going on. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank her cause she is an amazing human being and I, I don't say it enough. So just thinking about that. What do you got, buddy?
0: Okay. Our first question, it's we're piecing it together cause it comes from Mr. James Pete. Mr. James Pete. So I'm going to read the first part as we, um, Yeah. Okay, so Mr. James P is asking, okay, a fourth grader, she is brilliant, doesn't do a single thing as far as homework because her family has never supported her. I've dropped the hammer on her. I've treated with kindness, and I'm starting to get some nibbles. I'm not giving up on her at any point. I know that some kids earn the right to have their teacher um, to move on, but not her thoughts on how to dance around her, to trick her, to get her... To get her to get the work done while she's still at the age in which habits have yet to form, who she is is to become. Woo!
1: Is that wait? Wasn't there?
0: I think that's it.
1: Okay. Okay. Got it. That's. The uh. Hand. I'm Mr. James thinking. Pete,
0: that's it. That's I a hefty really question. feel like.
1: I hope John Lopez is here. I feel like John Lopez could absolutely speak to this. Um and would have like a really good answer. Uh, I, you know, I think I'm thinking two things. One is it's trying stuff, like what you're doing, right. It's, it's constantly trying to see what is going to get a kid on the hook. Right. It's like when you go fishing, uh, I so I'm told I haven't fished since I was like, 14 years old, but like um, when you're fishing, if you use a certain type of bait and you're not catching anything, you don't just sit there with that type of bait in the water all day, right? If you try like cheese, I don't know, try a worm, which always, that's part of the reason I don't fish, because it just seemed mean to hurt the worms and then it's like, you know, it's a sport, I guess, but like, it's like throwing a football at the back of someone's head and telling them that this is a sport. Um, So if that doesn't work, you try a lure. If that doesn't work, you try something else. And so there's all these different things until you realize that like, oh, the catfish in this area eat this. Like the bass in this area, the trout in this area, like this. So it's trying to find that bait that's gonna kind of like lure children in. And I know that talking about luring children in is just creepy and weird to begin with. but It can um, sound creepy. It sounds creepy and weird. Right? We're doing it for the kids. Through the lens that you're for doing. For the best of the kids. I think, you know, it's... I would do two things. One is just keep trying a lot of stuff, finding out more and more about that child and then trying to bring some of those ideas, some of those interests into the classroom. And then, um, it is about creating ownership in the classroom. I think it's, it's like, well, you know, um, Hey, I really need your help. Like you're really smart. You're brilliant. Um, and I'm I take a really long time to alphabetize my papers. I take a long time to grade this thing. I take a long time to, uh, could you, would you mind helping me out by cleaning my board for me? Or I think kids always love that stuff. And I remember like being that age and remembering, like loving when I got to grade something, when I got to put stickers on just the papers with the hundreds. Um, when I got to, you know, do any number of things like clap erasers outside, man, I get to go outside like all by myself and clap erasers is amazing but it bought a a level of ownership. And I've done this before with students and it really helps and it really works. I think the other thing is like, Jim, it's about remembering that this is a long game and that what you're doing now might just be planting seeds, uh, with, within a kid's mind or in their heart and that you might not see the repercussions of what you're doing. But I mean, how many of you on here remember, a fourth grade teacher and how they impacted you and how many of your fourth grade teachers really knew the impact that you had on that they had on you. So what you're doing this year, you might not even see the result of it, but you know, I've had kids that like when they go to 10th grade and they don't like the teacher or they don't like, <clears throat> you know, um, a, a teacher in general or they're just don't get to be in my class anymore that they hate that. And I'm not the only one. Like, my friend Cho would still get like, uh, she would get just kids that would come back from like next year's science class to her science class and be like, yo, they taught this today. I really don't understand it. Can you <coughs> break it down? Cause you always did this thing and you're like, damn, I didn't even, I didn't even know you liked my class. I didn't even know you liked me. And I think that that is really worth remembering is you're playing the long game. So when she's in fifth grade, when she's in sixth grade, when she's in eighth grade and you show up to her eighth grade graduation, like it's playing that long game. And I think too many of us forget that because we feel pressed, especially in a time of virtual learning. I see my students twice a week and that's just not enough. So I have to like when I know someone's not growing at the rate, they should be. I know that I got to keep on it, keep loving them, keep caring about them. Um, you're never giving up, but that the results might not come until later. What you got?
0: Okay, KAC27 is asking, what do you do if a student proclaims their love for you? He is a troubled kid, and other teachers don't really like him. He said he thinks I am beautiful, and he doesn't care that I am married. He is in love with me. I am a new teacher, and I don't want to get him in trouble again. Oh, that's a great question.
1: That's an awesome question.
0: but um, difficult position to yeah, be in. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's really awful. Like, it's, it's just it's tough. Cause look, I mean, <clears throat> kids can love you. Um, kids can even just be like, like you or be smitten with you. Right. Uh, and this has happened to me any number of times. Um, but you know, there's a couple things that I do is that one, I think <sighs> I'm going to put a number of things out there, you know, your situation best. So maybe go with the spirit of what I'm saying and not exactly what I'm saying. Like, not everything fits that you try on, so don't wear anything that I'm giving you that doesn't fit. I mean that's a it's the best metaphor. That's a pretty good metaphor. Yeah, I like it. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> I think like when dealing with stuff like that, it's important to let someone know, but it's important to let the right person know. So right, like if they keep getting in trouble and they don't get along with this system principle, maybe that's not the person to go to. Maybe look for the social worker, the counselor, another teacher that they're involved with. But like you you definitely want to note have somebody else in this that knows that, Hey, this thing happened. Um, and I just want to note that this happened. Like, I don't want to keep it in, in hiding because let's say something, let's say somebody goes too far. Let's say like, like, and I'm not one to play the fear card. Usually let's say some kid, I don't know. they, bring you flowers at your house. They try and kiss you. Like, I don't know. They tell everyone they love you in the middle of a song at the talent show. I don't know, whatever, whatever weird things kids do. Um, it's important to let someone know. I would also, if I was going to have a conversation with the student, I would do it with another adult present and I would let whoever I tell know. Also look, this is hard for me to bring to someone because it not because I, there's no fear on my part, except for the fact that I don't want the student to get, Hurt again. I don't want them to get, um, in trouble again, especially for trying to be vulnerable. I mean, essentially, right? Like a kid is being vulnerable with you and now you got to tell somebody and that's always awkward. I would let students know when I have to tell things that they don't want me to tell, right? So someone's gotten abused by their parents. Someone was hurt by someone. Someone, um, was like there was just something that happened that's sensitive, kid shares it with you and now you got to go tell somebody. Um, I let them know that I tell one because I'm a mandated reporter, right? I have to legally. The second thing is, is that I care for you so much that this isn't something I could keep to myself, right? I needed, I know that you don't want the help, but it's like the equivalent to like you're hurt. I want to make sure that you get the help that you need. The other thing is you know, I handle things with jokes a lot of time, uh, a, a lot of time. So like, um, I would say like, if someone said that to me, it would be like, Yo, you're trying to break up my marriage. Like we're trying to do right now. Like, you know, like you see my kids, you want know my kids to grow up in a broken household? No way. Um, or, <clears throat> you know, something to the effect of like, I, when, especially when I taught girls, I would talk about my wife all the time. Um, cause I remember teaching in Camden. And I remember I just turned 30 and a young woman comes in the class that day and she goes, Oh, Mr. Owens, it was your birthday. Like, how old are you? And I said, I just turned 30. And she was like, Oh, that's awesome. My boyfriend just turned 30 this year too. And I was like, no, that's <laughs> wrong.
0: Pr- I remember Prison.
1: That. Like it was like, <clears throat> it was a mess. Um, so it's not prison counseling, but, uh, it's, it was just, it, shocked me. So it was like, now I feel like when I thought girls liked me, it was like, Oh, because I am the age of dudes you date. So it became like me talking about my wife all the time in a way that was like, I love my wife so much. We do all of this together. This is what our date night was like. This is how we, you know, my wife always says stuff like that too. We're like, yeah, my wife packed my lunch for me. She does it every single day. I love it so much. I'm so thankful that she does it. And then having kids, what you're doing is sort of modeling what a really great relationship looks like. Um, and that, uh, like that. And then I would talk to kids about like, Oh, I, I really hope you find someone someday that will like, um, keep the, keep the air on in the car, even though they're already cold, right? Because you're hot. They will, um, get up early and make you coffee. Not cause they had to get up early to go to work also, but just cause they love you and they want to do it also. Someone that would have a birthday party for you like that one day. Um, it's really creating this idea that like you're, you're kind of like speaking to them without saying, um, I cannot be in love with you or this would never work out, like not rationalizing like that. What you're doing is putting a spotlight on this individual so much and this relationship and how important it is to your soul that, um, and how wonderful your life is that it doesn't even necessarily in in my experience, create a jealousy. It just creates like a, oh, well, like that's unavailable. Um, <clears throat> or I can't, I can't do anything about that. Or like, I, I don't know. I, it's something in that has always kind of worked for me. Did
0: you talk about the idea of like, because I wasn't fully listening, um, that the possibility that a student is confusing care for their Educational, right? Like they're they're mis- misconstruing the teachers' care, right? You care yeah. for your students, but I think when children have a lack of love in their life or experience, they're going to misconstrued what mentorship and um, yeah. caring for a child right. is is about.
1: It's uh, the and actor. It's, I think
0: explaining that to the student, it could be a great way to just start there and then keep talking about your life and your husband. You could, or...
1: but I, I would have that conversation with someone else. Um, because, because you don't want to have that conversation by yourself. Mm. I'm just thinking of, Definitely. um, I was in that to a podcast with this actor, Frank Grillo on it. And Frank Grillo said that growing up, he was kind of a dad junkie because his dad was an alcoholic was never around then. Um, so he was always kind of looking for that dad energy from somewhere. And I know that I grew up doing the same thing. I had a stepdad that I had a tumultuous relationship with. I had a father that died when I was four. So like I would go to friends houses. And like, if their dad was real cool, I'd be like always asking them what he was doing. And like, if they showed me any level of attention, I was like, like that, that was like hypnotizing to me. <clears throat> but as you know, that, that kind of love can also, or, or attention, right? Or care uh, can often be misconstrued as someone really likes me. And, um, or I'm in love with them. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not what that was. And this is the thing that t- scares teachers all the time, right? Like we're, we're always talking about this, where teachers don't want to get close to students because they're afraid something like this is going to happen. Um, and I just also just want to assure teachers that like, it doesn't happen all the time. Like it's happened very, very few times in my life where someone is like outwardly, like showed me a level of care that I was like, oh, you got the wrong idea. Um, because I've learned to, to manage it better now. Um, yeah. I really wonder what other people are saying about that too. Like people that like, for those of you that have had a student, like express a level of care or love to you, like how have you handled that? Um, cause I think that there are very clinical ways to handle and I'm going to be finished talking about this in a second. I don't want to just go on and on and on, but like there are, what I'm trying to get away from is in all the things that we're doing here, gang, it's like, there are very like clinical ways to, to deal with that, to like, call the parents, to tell the office, to write the kid up, to make note of it. Because if something happens, like I get all that, that all makes sense too. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but when we're talking about people's hearts, it's just a different level of care. There has to be something else there that like, you can't just take something away without replacing it with something else. And, and I think that that is what's going to help children, especially if they are coming from a house that doesn't, give them that love you showed them that love and then they were like damn i love you And it's like "Nah, bro you just got it twisted like you're just it's like it's got lost in in translation like let's figure this out and then you know hopefully things can still be good
0: i just want to say because we're interested um little space freckles she's at a tony robbins uh seminar she's like but i took a break to come be with my fam yo
1: it's one <laughs> of my dreams girl that's what to i said let there. us know how
0: it goes
1: i would love to go to a tony robbins thing man
0: jealous yeah, <clears throat> okay, back to questions. Um, John Lopez is asking, if you had the chance is. to improve virtual learning, what would it be and why? Mm. Great question.
1: If I had a chance to improve virtual learning... Um, man, that's a good question. Because what I'm thinking of, John, is what many teachers are probably thinking of is like, I, I feel like I'm pulling out. This is why I'm stuck. Like I literally had to stop for a second and think about this because I feel like I'm stuck because I'm doing a million things that I think are beneficial to students that I think I'm being intuitive. I'm listening to kids. I'm trying to give them what they want. I'm trying to give them what they need. Trying to take 80 minute lesson, boil it down to 40 minutes. I'm trying to use sound effects, use sound boards, use props, Pull, pull out all the stops, do all kinds of weird stuff that I've never done before. Um, use different backgrounds. I'm, you know, I'm I just doing stuff, anything I can to get people's attention. Um, and some days it just doesn't work. Like nothing works. Like nothing I'm doing. Some kids will bite. And, and sometimes that brings other people. And so a fun thing I did the other day was uh, just off top of my head, I, I was starting class and I was like, I always say like, welcome to the students. when they come in and I say, Something to effect of like, welcome back everyone. Uh, welcome back to uh, Literature One. I am your host, Mr. Reynolds, and it's my co-host, uh, Miss Kayla. Kayla, how are you doing today? And she, she and Kayla bought into it, and she said something as well. And then I said, all right, first thing we're going to do today is we're going to go right over to my man, Tamir, for the weather. Tamir, what's happening out there in our crazy skies? And for whatever reason, Tamir goes... It's cold today, and there's going to be a partial, you know, chance of a shower. He goes with it also. All right, we're going over to my man Lamique for sports. Lamique, what's going on with the Eagles? And then Lamique doesn't watch sports, so he gives, like, some fake sports report that is completely ridiculous. And it really worked. Like, and then a couple of other kids, I could see them, like, laughing or at least, like, stop gaming and pay attention for a little bit. But it is, I, I think nothing is really working for everyone. And it's aggravating. I, so I think if I was going to improve virtual learning, it wouldn't actually be almost anything about virtual learning, except I, if I was going to change virtual learning, I think classes should be shorter, just get to the point. And I think that, um, asynchronous learning should be more part of the equation than synchronous learning because learning at the same time as everyone is very, very difficult. I have many, many students that are learning in a bedroom, at a kitchen table with four or five other siblings. There's a lot going on in the house. And if they could just do the work at night, it would be better. Um, but I really think it is figuring out a way to help students' social emotional needs. I, my, my gut tells me that the kids that aren't doing work, aren't just trying to get out of it, they're not just bored, they're not just anything. It's, it is, there's so much happening in the world right now that it is very hard to feel like what we're doing online is actually important. When there is tragedy in your neighborhood, when there's the current election, I've talked about this before, when there are like, there are hurricanes and fires and all this stuff like that's just constantly hitting you in the face on the news, you know, COVID and vaccines and not vaccines. And are we going to turn into zombies? Like an I am legend after we take the vaccine. I don't know, but like, (laughs) I just think that folks discount, those things like, uh, and sometimes cause they don't know, they just go, Oh no, that's not bothering the kids. I just think that all of this is too much. The idea of the holidays, right? Like the, every time the holidays come up, there's some kid that doesn't want to go home for vacation because they don't want to be with their family or they know they don't have a good Thanksgiving company or coming or something along those lines. So, um, that's what I'm just thinking about. And like, so I think it would be more attention, on building kids confidence on letting them know that they could do it and on showing kids an expression of care that would know that this is like, it's all going to be like, let's, let's work on your heart. And then we can start working on your head.
0: I think that's so true for almost every situation with students. It's always the social and emotional care. That's like, it's the answer that people don't want for things in education. I think a lot of times, but it, I think it's cause it's a slow, long process yes. and it's not a clear direction, Yep. but it is always the answer.
1: But the dudes that I'm on. So like I had a call the other night with, with a mom and That's I'm not right. going to tell any, you know, uh, detailed information, but like what we talked about, like her student wasn't doing well. And what we talked about, I was like, dang, like I didn't know that the kid was going through all this stuff. Like, because you're virtual, you just, you can't, you, you just can't connect. I can try, and I do. Like, I put kids in breakout rooms. I talk to them during different periods and stuff like that. But, like, it's very hard to really get all the info that you usually have. Um, and it just makes you get it. It's like, oh, dang. Like, that's why you're not doing well in class. Because you're, you're fighting demons that I didn't even know about. What you got, buddy?
0: Okay. So <coughs> Rosanna Martinez is asking, I am a brand in capital, brand new teacher with... No previous resources. Bring it. I searched the internet for lesson plans, but can't find quite what I need. What website do you recommend for reliable lesson plan?
1: So let's do this. I'm going to tell you two things. Uh, Rosanna um, reminds me of that song. I'm sure that you get that all the time, but uh, <laughs> there's two things that I would say. One, can anyone, if you're not paying attention right now, I'm going to ask you to pay attention to me real quick. Cause we're going to help somebody out real quick. Can you put in the chat um, any websites that you use that are, free. Right. So not like, like teachers pay teachers is fine. But, um, when you're a new teacher and you are starting from zero, we all know that you don't have any, like you don't have, that's an extra expense. So is there, what do you know that's free that can help? I would say New York times is one of my jams. Um, I really am really liking ed puzzle this year. And, uh, I think who did I just were Oh, Verizon. If you go on Verizon's website, um, they just like Google something with regards to like Verizon and lesson plans and they have a bunch of free resources on there as well. And then I think an only, but a goodie is Harry Wong's website, teachers.net. You know, it's old if it's a.net. Um, and so that is a really good site too. And then Rosanna, if you, so you should get a whole bunch of recommendations right now, but, uh, go into the, our Facebook group, real, real rapid Reynolds teacher talk on Facebook. Um, and if you don't have it, a Facebook account. It's like worth getting just to do this and put that in the comment section in there and you will get a flood of answers from people. Um, and I, so that's, that's what I would tell you. What you got? I'm going to drink, keep drinking out of my, my mug, my new mug here. Teaching is a communal activity mug
0: mm-hmm ab is asking mr reynolds will you be a teacher in the next 20 years or do you plan on being a public speaker or principal or keep writing books where do you see yourself in 20 years <clears throat> so that's like the question of all questions it
1: is so i will be <laughs> old real old in 20 i'll be 40 five. so i just turned 44 the other day um i will be 64.
0: holy heck I gonna- i can't even imagine but I mean, I know we all get there,
1: but it's going to be a while. Anyway, um, here's, here's what I'm, I'm learning. One teaching to me. Um, let's go, let's go a little bit, uh, woo woo for a oh, second. I missed to a me.
0: question. I skipped um, over someone. Sorry. Okay.
1: We'll get back to them in just a moment. Uh, so if your question just got skipped, don't, Sorry. don't fret. We will get back to you. Teaching to me is a calling. Um, it's not something I ever wanted to do. It's something that I felt like I was led to do. Right. And so in my life, that's how I roll. The reason I live in the neighborhood that I live in, and I don't talk about this very often, but it's because I moved here with an intentional community of individuals to live in a neighborhood that we thought needed good neighbors. The reason I teach in the schools that I teach in is because I feel like um, they might need someone uh, with some of the weird skills that I have and, uh, and stick it out there. It's the reason I stay in the schools that I teach in, even when it gets hard. It is the reason that, like, I got married. It's the reason I had kids. It's the reason I do most of the stuff that I do is like, I didn't write a book because I ever wanted to write a book. I write a book because I felt like that was the, that was what I was called to do next. Um, so that being the case, I'm not always sure where I'm going to be called to next. I just kind of like walk forward in faith and then hope that that path will open up to me. I will say though that recently um, we've had a lot of, and one day, one day, let, let me just say this. Our school year, is so crazy and I can't even talk about it, right? Cause I, it's like, I don't want to like breach any sort of confidentiality situation. But one day I will be able to talk about this school year and oh, pe- like word. people
0: won't <laughs>
1: believe my last, I'll say two years in my school. Even
0: three. And some of that around. I've talked
1: about, some of it is just like, like students that have gotten killed, kids that have gotten sick, like things that like that kind of thing but on like a school level, crazy. Um, one of the things that's really coming to light to me is that you can have the greatest teachers in the world in your school, but it won't run right if it's not correct top down. So I used to think, <clears throat> I really, really love any kind of grassroots movement. I really love the idea of like me and my friends, we're gonna, um, one of the things we do is uh we it's now called guerrilla gardening but we used to call it vigilante gardening where we would like go to houses that were beat up on the block and just make them look nice we would just like cut the grass edge cut the, the the hedges um clean up trash we'd start uh community gardens we would like um seed bomb all around our neighborhood or just plant flowers in random places and stuff like do all kinds of stuff like that right but it's not sustainable right like it, it, like one of the things i've learned is it's not sustainable unless you on some kind of larger scale can affect change in policy, procedure, or, you know, like just speak to the masses. And so, what I'm realizing as an educator and with the skill set that I have is that if every year I have 130 students, something like that, right? Um, if every year I'm only able to affect that amount, or, or let's just say the 500 kids that exist in my school, that helps those individuals but if I'm speaking to schools, if I'm going to colleges, if I'm writing books, if I'm, if I'm doing this kind of thing, my hope is that I am sharing what I have. I am being an answer to prayer in some way for other people that they can then go and teach their students and affect change in their classrooms. And like the number of people that I get told that like, are working at a college and they show my videos to, to, to their students, right? Like, like becoming a resource like that, that like buying my book for the new teachers in their school, because they know that it's going to help them in some way. That to me seems like a way to really, really affect change, um, in a way that is, that is global. And that is something that like, I'm, I'm thinking about and praying about and seeing if that is what is next for me. Um, but that feels like, the move so we'll, we'll see uh, time will tell but you know that's where it comes from
0: uh, well, uh, who Ms. do we skip miss kaiser i'm sorry we'll i'm gonna give a German good questions. answer for this question she says hi from germany i was wondering <sighs> if you have any experience or opinion on having a dog in your classroom i oh. teach second grade and i'm considering getting a license for my golden retriever i'm not a teacher but i'm gonna say yes, yes i'm gonna yes, say yes. yes right
1: now yeah of course you should i can't even believe you just even asked us that question but so, you're a very responsible human being and you did um,
0: Edie uh, put a sidebar in there and she said, When I taught science, we had a python and a rabbit. She's like, um, Those
1: two things do not get. I feel like the python would just be looking at the rabbit all the time, uh, longing. it's not
0: really the same thing, but the kids held them and stuff and loved
1: them. A pen? Huh? Uh, just a regular pen?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Huh. Sorry, yeah. Marley needs a pen.
0: We interrupted um, this broadcast for a pen.
1: Miss Kaiser from Germany. Is wondering if she should get a license so that her golden retriever could be in her second grade classroom all day. What do you should say? she do it? Yeah! Can you, right? Like, that That'd would be, be so
0: awesome.
1: That would be amazing. I think that's a great idea. Um, do it. I've had, so when we have Saturday school, something we hold like once a month at our school, uh, my friend Taz used to bring in his Great Dane all the time, and it mesmerized kids. And as a matter of fact, I've never seen anything calm children like babies and dogs. Um, not just a, an animal either, but like having a dog in the classroom, like people would bring their dogs all the time. And the kids were just like, they immediately came in and if they were talking or they were loud or they were aggressive, you see a baby or a dog and you're just like, Oh, 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 um, cause babies and dogs are like fires and the ocean. They are like a few things in this life that you can just gaze at for a long time. And it becomes not an awkward silence between you and the person next to you. Cause you're just like,
0: oh gosh that that would help with like autistic a million kids, things. anxiety no, who, like who's
1: i who forget her real name five foot one it. teacher remember after the shooting in florida we were i was talking to her and she said they they got dogs in their school that just walked around because it yeah, was, helped social emotional mm-hmm. needs for kids yeah
0: amazing do it if
1: you that was do a do great it. question um, I'm like, let's get a dog for my classroom now. okay you could take ours. Technically, I mean, there is a dog in my classroom right now, but... You know. not really
0: helping any students, but yeah. yeah. Okay, Classroom Confidential is asking, a third of my students aren't handing in work. Emails to their parents and conferences haven't worked. They are just checked out. Thoughts on encouraging them to be accountable to themselves, if not
1: to me. All right, this is a great question. I love this question all the time. Uh, can
0: I just say, because I feel like there was an... Was it Edtopia? Ed, i don't know yeah, one yeah, of those ed, like no was that And people um they in the beginning of virtual learning they didn't they posted an article that was really interesting that and i just think it's so smart and and people aren't taking this into account um that what we're asking kids to do online like even your students and even as easy as you make your class or as simplified as you've made your class thank you. that
1: thank you for changing that word
0: you're welcome um that the, the kids just don't have the executive functioning, like, ability to even do what's being asked of them. Like, it's scientifically sound that they don't have that ability yet. Like, it's not developed. It's hard enough for teachers to do what is being asked to have yes. the executive functioning to match the needs that are being asked of them. That how can we expect these students to do that when cognitively like that hasn't even developed yet fully for them it makes me think that drives me nuts that that's not being taken into consideration
1: remember the i love lucy episode when she was like i think they were like it was like a chocolate factory or cordial cherries or something like that oh yes they're coming down and she was putting them away and then she had it was going too fast she started (laughs) eating them then she was like putting them in her dress (laughs) that's what the school year feels like to me at some at some point you're just gonna go the hell with it i'm not doing it I think that that's a, I think that's part of where kids are coming from. I think that what we're seeing right now, in our school and, and at some of the schools I'm talking to the folks from, is that st- we we thought all of these students grow up with technology, so of course they can use technology. But they don't. They know how to swipe. They don't know how to interact with an interface. They don't know how to read a website. They don't know how to navigate a website. They know how to swipe left, right. They know how to double tap. They know how to uh, put their thumbprint on something, do facial recognition, so they can download whatever they want. And then they play games that are slightly intuitive. And if the game's not intuitive enough, they don't play it. I think that's part of it. I think the, the the big thing, and this really works in school as well, but the the thing with this is what I'm going to say is time consuming and it really takes a level of care that is going to be like, uh, is a little bit extra. I think that talking to students about what they're choosing to do now, is only important if you can tie it into what they want later. So whatever that is, right? So like you could have fourth graders and it's like, what's your goal here? Is your goal to pass the year? Is your goal to be a doctor? Is your goal to be a carpenter? Is your goal to be a YouTuber? Um, Whatever it is, it is reverse engineering what students want to be already. So, or helping them to see how what they're doing might be damaging. So in the past, let's say I have a student who, um, is, I, I had a student once years and years ago uh, that I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of anyone recent, um, that lived at home with mom. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mom was in an abusive relationship with, uh, with a new boyfriend. The kid hated the boyfriend. He's a freshman in high school. He has three little sisters and they receive part of the brunt of this as well. He is 14 years old, 15 years old, so he can leave the house when he kind of wants and doesn't have to deal with it as much. He is completely failing the year and is just shocking every single assignment, turning nothing in. So I talked to him about the idea that, well, what if bro, like, what do you want to be one day? And so he talks about that. And I said, do you realize that if you really lived up to that, if you were that you could, you would be able to have your own apartment, have extra income, You'd be able to own a car. And then when your three sisters who are significantly younger than you are wanted to not be at home that weekend, needed a place to stay, or they needed a legal, new legal um, like caregiver, you could be that place. They wanna, your mom doesn't have money because the boyfriend's spending it all on weed all the time like, and they wanna get a job. They, wanna, they need braces. They wanna just get their hair done. You can do that. You can be the blessing for someone else, right? You can literally, as I just said, you can literally be the answer to somebody else's prayers without having to hustle, without having to scrounge, without having to, to like really sacrifice what you have. So what you're doing right now is when you don't do work, because it's, it is a simple pyramid situation, it is a step process, you do well in high school, even if you don't like it, it's part of a game. That allows you to play the game and to do well in college to have the ability to do well in college, to make the money to be able to do it in college, to not have student debt when you're done, then you can get the job that you want. You can live the life that you dream and you can bless your family because right now what you're saying, what you're doing is you're failing. And when you fail, what's going to happen is you're going to end up living in the basement next to your mom's Christmas decorations. And you're going to have to listen to this nonsense because if it's not this boyfriend, it's going to be another boyfriend. And then... What is the example you're giving to your three younger sisters? Because now they're watching their older brother who just chalked in didn't do anything, lives in the basement next to the Christmas decorations, and is like twirling a sign in front of the local tax place as a job because he did not play the game of high school. School is not always something that kids are feeling intrinsically rewarded by. They need extrinsic rewards. And so sometimes when we can tie this to something they want to do in the future, that is something that might be far off, but we can trace back the steps and say, bro, it really starts here. Right. And not in some kind of like state testy kind of way. I'm talking about real life education and playing the game of life gets you there that can change the way kids look at stuff. It can change the way that you can say, do you want to buy your mom a house one day, or at least be able to pay her rent? Would you like to do that? Would you like to be able to get your mom a car? You can't do that if you're working full time at Amazon. And I realized that's dope to make $15 an hour straight away right out of high school, and that feels like a lot of money, but it's not when you're older. That's a, not, that's a lot of money to like live in a, an apartment you share with someone, or as an extra job but you can't work full-time at Best Buy as an adult and like, like make enough money to do what you're talking about doing. You can work those jobs and be completely happy and content and that's fine if that's what you want. But I'm talking about wants over needs. And right now, like this is something you have to think about. And so that's what I really talk to kids about. I don't care how old they are. I talk to my own children that way. Um, and they have zero vision of like what the future really holds for them. But it's important to, to do that for kids. Plug them in. Here, hold on. Hold on. Got it. A right little there. pit stop here.
0: <laughs> what is all like this? This outlet. is the most
1: <laughs> ridiculous situation ever. here. All right, let's go.
0: Okay, next question is from Sophie Crunch. Uh, Pre service teacher here doing my first twice a week. Uh, placement in February and I have to do four lessons slash lesson plans. I've never made one before, let alone in a class. Any tips?
1: Um, I would say this one, don't recreate the wheel. So Sophie, look things up online. If you need to look things up online, right? You get no extra credit. Teachers get no extra credit for coming up with something on their own. But what you can do is what I talk about in my book, teacher, class, author, real Rap Guide to teaching. I talk about a lot is this idea of sprinkling magic. And I think this is whether this is worth going back to and, and, and looking at again, sprinkling the magic means that. So the other day for my birthday, my wife makes me this incredible cake and, at its core, it's just a cake, right? She bought, like, Duncan Hines, like, cake mix. I don't know. What it was just, the chocolate cake? Just yeah, plain it chocolate just, cake?
0: Yeah, fudgy chocolate So it was cake.
1: that, and then it was a layer of brownie, mm-hmm. and then it was a layer of chocolate cake on top yeah. of that. In the middle was some kind of, like, chocolate.
0: Well, it was all boxed cake, but I made my own buttercream frosting, like chocolate frosting. Is that what was in between be the stellar. layers? Yeah.
1: And then it was on the top. Right yeah. too? That's what you iced it with. Mm-hmm. And then you like shaved chocolate on I the did. top of it that looked remarkable. And then like it was on a nice platter and it had beautiful candles. It was a box cake. You know what I mean? Like so like, my cake. like the less there it is. I made it. It was freaking beautiful. Um the the lesson there I think is lesson plans are boxed cake. Just buy the box cake. Get the box cake from somewhere. And then what your job as the educator to do is to sprinkle magic on the top of that box cake. And the way that you do that is by knowing your students by and if you don't know them that yet, having a sense of like, what does it really mean to be in fourth grade in 2020? Not in 1987. When, you know, like when I was in fourth grade, uh, damn 87. Yeah. Um, it is like, uh, it is looking at who students really are now, and then trying to make this something that everyone's going to like. So it's like, and that can be like substituting examples for examples that the students are going to know. It's about, once you get to know your students, it's about saying like, okay, I can look at this lesson plan, but how do I make this into something that's more tactile? Because that's this period that I have right now. And then the next period is more like quiet, sustained workers that can just work on their own. This, this next class is a group that like uh, group work is their jam. So it's about figuring that piece out, which you, you won't know until you really meet your students, but it, I really feel like it is just getting the lesson plan. Um, look up great lesson plan for learning your times tables. Uh, you know, it's, or looking at resources that already exist, or like I said, going to our Facebook group, real app Donald's teacher talk, um, and becoming a part of that seeing what other people are doing and then using it, but sprinkling your own magic on it right um, a house is a house but what makes a house into a home really feels like it's the extra stuff you do it's the color of the paint it's the style of the furniture and what does what the all what does all this furniture that I did not make myself pulled all together in the right order makes it feel like magic um, that's what sprinkling the magic is uh, you know it's uh, it's you know a guitar is a guitar but what are you doing with it is the thing I didn't make my own drum set ever but I can rock a pair uh, a set of drums Um, and, but without having ever like made a drum in my life. So that's what I'm thinking of.
0: Okay. Next question comes from Chet, uh, Hinton, Mr. Reynolds. I just started a school as a IA and I am terrified to make a mistake. I think my fear of messing up is keeping me from taking any chances. Do you have any advice?
1: Yes. My question to you is this. What is the worst thing that could happen? You will not catch on fire. Right? And so I think that teaching is a confidence game. It is more a confidence game than almost anything else. And the way that we gain confidence is two ways is one by playing to our strengths. So not thinking about like, I, I have, I try to get better at stuff that I'm not really good at, but the way that I really get better at it is by systematizing it. Right? So like, um, I've learned that that's a strength of mine is like, I am, my wife and I just had a conversation about this this morning. I am extremely systematic, like extremely scientific. When I wake up in the morning, the morning routine is basically the same thing every day. When I exercise, I run the same freaking route every single time. Like, um, because I like the feel of that routine for me, that works for me. So what i have to do is figure out how does that routine, help me to get all the other things in line. Right? So like I'm terrible at answering emails, but if I make myself on my schedule at 2 PM to two 20 every day, it's at least touch the emails, right? I have to do it for just 20 minutes. That's it. It causes me creates time and space to do the email and then that's better. So it is playing to your strengths. Number one and not worrying about things that you can't change in yourself. Right? So like I cannot change, the fact that like, I like using humor for everything. Like I just, I can't, I can't be a, a different way. Like it, it's just <laughs> not who I am. Um, I have a very hard time keeping a quiet classroom and it's not because it's unruly all the time. It's because it's just like the stuff that I do makes noise. Like, like it, it, it incites excitement. And, and so, um, it is, you know, or the fact that I do weird stuff, like I do weird, silly things. Um, like, uh, John Lopez sent me a giant thing of, glitter. John Lopez sent me a whole bunch of stuff the other day, but like sent me a b- giant thing of glitter.
0: John Lopez sent us too much candy that I'm going to probably eat. Yes. <laughs> Thanks John.
1: Thanks, John. <laughs> um, so I love taking glitter and I just sprinkle it on kids desks when I walk by if they're doing a good job. Like I'm, sp- I'm sprinkling magic around. Um, and that's just funny to me. Right. But if you're not that way, you're not going to be that teacher. So it's playing into who you are. I think the other thing is, is you have to get good at failing and smart and, and dancing with it. You know, as, as uh, freckles would tell you, as, as Tony Robbins says, is dance, learning to dance with the fear. So you're not letting it own you. It's not paralyzing you. You're moving with it. You're almost anticipating it. And one of the things I think about, I think this is Tim Kennedy said this, um, that you want to fail fast, right? Is the goal is to fail as quickly as possible. If this isn't work right, like if I'm driving down the road and I'm not sure I'm going the right way, I want to figure that out as fast as I can. So when I'm going the wrong way, I don't go slow and try and figure out if I'm going the wrong way. I haul ass because I'm looking for something that's like, Oh yeah, clearly not the way we're supposed to be going. And then you pivot. Um, and that's what school is going to be like. You will never have school down a hundred percent, right? Like dudes like that are in here that are really great teachers. You, you all know that like, even though you've been teaching for 20, 30 years and you thought you were going to have it down, you never had a kid like this. You never, a, you never had a year like this year, like 2020 has been that you've ever taught in. You've never had a certain parent like the one that showed up. Every once in a while, there are these variables that come up that you can't plan for. So what you do as a teacher is not just get good and then you're good, right? You're learning to pivot. It's like a football game, right? Like it's like you're always kind of moving and pivoting and on the move and sometimes a play wins and sometimes a play that you thought was surefire fails but you just you get better at that so even here's my here's my encouragement even if you don't feel that right now I'm telling you it shows up just keep going so even when something fails and it hurts your stomach and you go home and you drink an entire bottle of wine you're not sure that you ever want to do this again no just remember it all works out. You just keep going and you will get better at it, I promise. What you got?
0: Um, oh, I wasn't prepared. Sorry. Scrolling, scrolling. It's right. Okay, it. Jamie Perez is asking, it's been a crazy time for students and I think that a lot of them are really struggling to find meaning in what they are doing in school. How do you deal with this reality with your kids?
1: Um, I kind of spoke to this a little bit earlier, but I think it's about, for me it's explaining why we're doing something. It's explaining the rationale behind doing something. It's explaining how this leads to something later in their life. That's actually important to them. So like school might not be important, but like um, owning a business might be, or being uh, successful and helping take care of your mom or, you know, paying, you know, taking care of your grandma later because she took care of you when you were a kid. All those things are important. Um, And I think one of the things I try and show students is like, almost creating a sense of like guys look it's not every day you show up and there's all this work and all these things going on it is simple and to the point every day every week you can get this many points we'll say like i've had to i've had to like incentivize everything by points this year which is not what i want to do but it's like the only thing that's working right now so it's like here's your do now it's worth this many points here's your journal entry it's worth this many points here's your the thing we're going to do before we read pre-reading Whatever activity that's worth this many points. Here's the Ed puzzle, the Kahoot, the Flipgrid, the reading lesson, whatever it is. These are all the points. These points, you have this many a week. After the end of the week, this many weeks, you have the end of the trimester, and it's here we are. By keeping some qu- sort of tracker, or one of the things we're going to start doing uh, after break here is, um, so after Thanksgiving break here in the US, is um, sending students home with forms that they have to get, they have to like, every week look at what was that they didn't hand in that week. Um, look at their current grade and if they're not passing, they have to get something signed by a parent. And that's really just to create that communication so that the kid knows like they're checking in. I don't think kids check their grades enough. Some kids do it like, like obsessively. And then other students are like, yo, what I have 20. Like I, I didn't know that. Like I did the work. And it's like, yeah, but you cheated and you d- hand in terrible work. Like if none of the answers are right, can't give you credit for it. Um, it's about doing some of those things I think that are like going to help kids learn. Here's the other thing. Some kids just have to learn the hard way, right? Like they are going to do stuff that is, um, they are going to play the system. They're going to, they are sometimes lazy. They sometimes don't see the value in something, but I just refuse to shift course. It's like, this is the game, bro. Like if you want to not do work and then at the end of the trimester, you're going to try and hit me up with the email with here's all the work that I missed during the trimester. It's like, no, that's no, it's due on time. Like I said, there's no late work. I've said it every single day. Um, I don't do makeup work. I don't do extra credit at the end of the trimester. I don't do, uh, any of that stuff. So it's like sticking to your guns and having kids like with a level of grace that, that that's a whole nother conversation, but it is like having, um, like staying true to what you're saying and kids will figure it out.
0: All right. We're just going to do a few more. Um, Erica F is asking, feeling the burnout from report cards last week, any tips on not feeling overwhelmed over final grades for the quarter and getting messages from students, um, and parents about their grades?
1: Yeah. So Erica, some of the things that I do is one, um, I send home periodic emails, letting parents know where their students are, right? I don't just wait for Uh, the other stuff. I also let parents know that my my online grade book is always up to date. Um, If not on Wednesday, like have a day every Friday by the, by Friday afternoon, everything's up to date. All the grades are in there. Um, It is creating spaces for students. So like, I don't give extra credit at the end of the semester, but I do give extra credit projects intermittently throughout the trimester. So we run on three trimesters. Um, It is so like, when guys go, yo, yo, I need extra credits. like, dude, I already gave, I gave you the opportunity, right? But you didn't take it. Now we're at the end. There is no opportunity for that. Um, or the opportunity that's there isn't gonna like skyrocket your grade 30 points so that you can pass. It's also um, creating, like documenting those things so that parents know like, hey, look, there's nothing they can do now. Going forward though, know that I let them retake any test or quiz every Wednesday when they're, you know, after school. They can come in, I have office hours from eight to 8.45 every morning and from four to 4.45 every single afternoon. If they, if they need office hours besides those times, all they have to do is email me. We can set up a time and space to be able to do that. Know that all my grades are always up to date. Um, let me ask you, mom or dad, what is something that your, you think your student would benefit from? What did they really struggle with this trimester? Let's look going forward, what's actually gonna benefit them instead of looking back at what they should have done, let's look forward at what they can do. Um, it is, and then for you, I think it is, um, I don't do grades right up to the end of the marking period. My grades don't, aren't due until December 3rd. They are stopping on Tuesday. Tuesday's it. I will not take any more work for this trimester as of Tuesday because there will be some late work that comes in, but that's going to be kids that were sick, kids that were not in school, kids that had computer issues. Like you keep space to be able to do like take care of some of those loose ends. But my grades always stop about a week, if not two weeks before the end of the trimester. Um, and then burnout for yourself, it is literally taking more space. I swear I cannot think of another job except for teaching where folks sort of reward themselves and their colleagues for burning themselves out right? It is like a badge of honor. Like I worked 18 hours this week and I work every single weekend and I never take a day off. And it's like I was in a meeting recently where I told people at school that I refuse to work outside of school hours anymore. I work from eight to four every single day and I have lunch from 12 to 1240 and from 12 to 1230 at least I am taking time off, walking my dog, talking to my wife, making coffee, playing with my kids, doing Fortnite watching a show with my, with my children. I am taking those times off because what that does. And then I'm, I'm also practicing Sabbath every Saturday now. So like, um, and for those of you that like, to me, what that is, is like taking a hard day off every Saturday where I'm not doing real rap with Reynolds, except for mentoring calls. And I don't do anything for school. And what I'm finding is taking that breath, taking that space is really like, rejuvenating me on a level that I can show up on Monday with an average lesson plan and and feel great, then show up with a great lesson plan and feel like crap. I'd rather go into school with an average lesson plan and be on 11, than I'd then go into school with a lesson plan that's on 11 and a feeling that feels like a four. Um, I just think that that is always the move. You're gonna have better conversations with parents, with students, you're gonna have more grace for people, you're gonna have more patience for people, you're gonna not get as overwhelmed, because you're, you're feeding yourself so that you can expel that energy when you need it. What you got, buddy? Oh, you over here texting. Oh, you, are you in the uh, You're in the chat? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to drink some of my delicious water. out <laughs> of my uh, new uh, teacher class off. Because
0: Alex Q, I guess, well, apparently is a teacher in Finland. And uh, Mr. James Pete's like, oh my gosh, I have a million questions. And mm-hmm. I said, oh man, you don't even know what you walked into, Alex Everybody Q. Everybody loves Finland. Uh, okay. Um... These two are going to kind of squish together, and then we've got one other one. Got so it. let's do it. I'm going to read both of them, and then you can answer. I have one hair
1: that is just <laughs> not
0: cooperating. Okay. F. Weber is asking I am in college and I want to be a sped teacher. Roger. I am in a literature course and I am enjoying it. If I switch my major to an English and get my license in grad school, could I still get hired? That's one. And then Logan um, is asking Would you recommend a uni student? uh, go into an education program when uncertain about what career path to take. I'm hesitant between that and, uh, sociology.
1: So, um, my battery is, this isn't, I don't know if this is charging. Uh, it doesn't matter. We still have 20%, which is enough to get us through. Um, I think with regards to the first question, you can still get a it's about getting certification. And so some schools, it depends on where you want to teach, right? Like some schools might take an emergency certification, um, which you can get very, very easily uh, in most States. Um, but it's like, it's going to depend on where you live and what kind of school you're willing to teach at. So you could still go to grad school, but I also think, man, going to grad school and teaching for the first year, it can be really, really difficult. So just make sure that like, I'm not saying it's impossible and that can't be done. It is about, learning how to prioritize your time so that you can do that, uh, effectively, um, with regards to Logan's question, which is similar, um, which one would you take Logan? I think it's going to come down to like, that sounds like a, like a question for like an advisor. I, I th- also think it comes down to like, what do you, what is the real work you want to do? Right? Like, so I, I teach and I love English and I teach English, but that's not the reason I do it. Like, if I'm honest with myself, like, I don't teach because because it's because I just love English. I don't think um, anybody
0: teaches for the pay. No. They all know. Everybody knows all of the, like,
1: no, but some teachers balls. teach because they like the subject matter. Yeah. And if you teach in a certain school and you teach Latin and you love Latin, like, my boys have to take Latin four years of it and they hate it, right? So if you just are there just because you love Latin, you're going to lose. If you're there because you find some intrinsic, you find some value rather in Latin because you care for students because the kind of school that you're at has the kind of students that you want to speak to, or the kind of students that you want to influence or motivate or, or help succeed. Um, that's got to be it. So I think it is whether it's teaching or, or sociology. So if you're gonna be like a social worker or something, it's like, what is the real impact that you want to have on society? And I think that's what I, that's the question I would sit with. And then teaching to me, what it really does is it gives me, and this sounds weird. It gives me access to children at for hours and hours and hours, not an after-school program or something like that for hours, for years on top of years, it allows me to build relationships and those relationships and that education, especially English, because I think there's a lot of value in English, of course, like learning to read, write, speak, and, um, and actively listen to folks. It is It's all the things I get to do in the English class that are going to help me to empower students to empower themselves, to find success and to change the world. And so when we do that, that's my real mission, right? It's not teaching diagramming sentences. There's value in diagramming sentences. It is, and it's oddly therapeutic if you really like doing it. Um, but it's what do you really want to do? That's the question and then reverse engineer that and then think, What's the best fit for me? Is it education? Is it something over here in sociology or whatever else you would want to get involved in?
0: Mm, okay. And then, you get? then our last one is what's that? Groom mentor? Goo.
1: I have no idea. Okay, I'm going with goo.
0: Goo something or other. And I'm sorry. Gum I'm, mentor? I'm really I don't goo.
1: know, ma'am. We're terrible. Sorry.
0: Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, hi, I have one. Tricky one. In my substitute class, there is one kid who is mentally behind. How would you deal with it? He does only three hours a day and um, doesn't have friends, cries a lot. Any ideas? Oh. Um, if you're around, can you tell Christ. us what age? There's one who is mentally behind. I didn't even see
1: the um, question there. That's a great question. I. Let me see this. I think what kids need the most is someone that's not going to get frustrated, someone that's going to stay the course, someone that's not going to go, oh gosh, I tried everything with this kid The hell with it. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Pass them off to somebody else or let them just go to the next grade or whatever. Um, that kids that, let, let's say this, I'll, I'll take it from this angle. Mm. I've had a lot of students in the past that have been depressed, that have had chronic depression. And they're really good dudes, but they just like their life circumstances on top of their, their mental health already. Like something that's probably was like, they were probably prone to depression already, but now mom can't pay the gas bill. Mom can't pay the electric bill. I show up with dirty clothes to school. My dad doesn't care about me, but he lives two blocks away with his new family, but he never shows up for Christmas. Um, I am a little bit of an awkward teenager. And now because of my, my, cause I'm kind of a, a soft person. Oh, um, this
0: child is 10.
1: It, okay. So, but that's, this yeah. could still absolutely play into that, you know, because when I show up to school and it's awkward and someone makes fun of me and now I just feel like even more like crap, cause they're just affirming how I already feel about myself. It's having students like that. And then they, some days are doing great and then they're gonna do terrible again. And then some days these are gonna do a little bit better and then they're gonna do terrible again. And then something's gonna trigger them and then they're gonna start crying again or be sad again. It is even if it grates against your soul, being there for a child and realizing that th- same thing I say all the time, that your attention is more important than your advice. It is sitting with someone it is being there with someone It's never giving up on someone it is always being patient with someone. It's always being kind to someone and it's speaking truth to whatever they're saying when you can. So some kids that are like, I'm just depressed cause like, you know, I'm just like, I've had kids that are just like, uh, I'm thinking of someone individual is specifically, but like, you know, I'm just fat and like, I'm just like not good. And like, no one really likes me and I don't really have any friends. And like, you know, I just like suck at school and it's like, all right, I can listen to that, right? Sometimes my attention is more important than my advice. And I just listen to that. And sometimes I gotta go, bro, I just need to stop you right there. Cause you're, you're just, you're lying. And I just want to make sure that we're not lying, that what we're saying is we're, we're doing here is finding our truth. But then when we're speaking lies, we got to stop because you have B pluses in all of your classes. Right? So let's just say right there that that's like not a terrible student. A terrible student has a three. Um, a terrible student doesn't do homework. He doesn't, not someone that does homework and gets some answers wrong because they tried and they failed because they're still growing and becoming because we're always becoming that, um, you're ugly bro. I'm not, you know, that's for you to figure out, but like, you know, uh, it is, there's someone for everyone in the world. Um, and what are you rating yourself against that? You're deciding that you're ugly. Um, when you say that no one likes you and that you don't have friends, you sit in here and have lunch with me every single day and every day there's about 10 of us that talk about the same things every day and go around and we laugh and we care about each other. So I don't know that those are dudes you play Fortnite without a school or you go play basketball with, but like, I'm just saying in this circle, we, what do friends do? They sit around, they laugh about one another, they support one another, they help one another, they tease one another and that's what we do. Looks like friends to me. So it's sometimes helping kids like change the narrative, right? That's what's happening in most of us all the time. That's what happens is that limits teachers, that limits students because we have this narrative in our head that I'm not that good, that I am too young, too short. I'm the wrong, I'm the wrong color. I teach in the wrong neighborhood. I don't have enough supplies. I don't have enough parental support. The kids don't like me. My dad always told me I was a failure and so I probably am a failure and I shouldn't be a math teacher anyway. And like, it's all that false bullshit that you're telling yourself in, in that narrative that sometimes we need someone to stop us and call and speak truth to the lies that are being told. So I think those two things, and you can do that with love. It doesn't not have to be assertive, but it can be depends on the kid, right? Like I know you, the longer you teach, I feel like you get, you become more intuitive as to like who you can raise your voice with and who'd you never raise your voice with who just needs love and affection all the time. And who needs to go, yo, not talking about it again. See what I'm saying? All right, thank you. I care about you. Don't do it again, I'm putting gum in your hair. Um, it's, it's that kind of thing that you can do with students. But I think, especially at 10, at such an impressionable age, it's just showing up and caring. It's finding ways for kids to, to connect. And it's helping kids navigate life because it, it's damn hard to do. Um, and like I said, you're playing a long game. I said this to someone earlier. Don't forget that at 10, you might not, that kid might not be all better by the end of the year, it might not be all better in fifth grade or sixth grade or seventh grade or, or senior year, but what you're doing is trying to implant, is, is trying to plant seeds that will hopefully help students to develop somewhere, some place, that thing is like a gift um, that like it's time released, right? You don't know when it's gonna go into effect, but giving kids the tools that they need is just really important. Um, and so I would consider even for special kids, like I still follow up on kids like and I still have kids that come over. Romina brought me Krispy Kreme donuts the other day. Romina, who's uh, if you read the book, um, she wrote the foreword to my book. She hated me in ninth grade. Like it's, I think that's the first thing that she says in the forward is I hated Mr. Reynolds when I met him. Um, and now she drives over to my house. Yeah, she
0: watches our dog when we go on vacation yeah. and stays at
1: our house. Feeds <laughs> my fish, like, you know, brings me Krispy Kreme donuts on my birthday. Like, Longer. it is a long game that we're playing here, gang. And so I just think that that's important to remember that even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of this, this one year that is or year and a half that's going completely awry in education, it's going to be all right. Like, it's a year and a half, right? Like, how many kids in the world don't get any education for a year and a half, and they still figure it out? Like, well, it'll be all right. We're talking long game though. So is that it? We're done? Gang, I appreciate you. Thanksgiving is coming up here in the United States. um, And I'm really thinking about gratefulness a lot today and how grateful I am for all of you. Um, This week, can we say that this week there will be, will there be merch?
0: Yeah, there will be some. I'm not so sure. The clothing part is the hardest part. We're
1: having a hard time with clothing. Hoodies are like, we get them made in... Germany's no, the no, only no.
0: place okay. that we can Let get them. Go ahead. So we want to do a, merch is like a dropship company. Merch, like um, this
1: shirt right here. And or,
0: we're really particular and
1: keep talking. Only just keep The sweatshirts
0: that we want are come from Europe, and because of COVID, we can't get those. So I want to be able to offer good stuff to people. So it's coming. We're like testing all these like once. So a lot of these are gonna be up soon because. Yeah, but look at this one. I don't know if it was me or that. It's backwards. They did this one backwards. That was That's, I don't, I don't, yeah. Get your class off travel, mode. So I'm working it out. I don't want to sell subpar products. I want a sweater. Yeah. Cool. Oh, great. Clothes. So if you have things that you want, let me know. Because I can, I can, we can do anything. So well, Erica Whitechurch, I see you. I need a hoodie. Me too, De La Classroom. I I want good quality hoodies, though. I don't want cheap hoodies but some of this other stuff will be on there hopefully this week like hands on a stick i've got new stickers coming
1: That's That's made in
0: america uh i i'm trying that's a big thing and so what we want is
1: not just made in america but also so ethically like sourced sourced materials and all all that stuff
0: stuff is really important which is really hard to do unless you have a boatload of money to put up front to work with so a lot of those
1: things you have to pay like however much on the front end. So then it, you own it and then you're shipping it out versus it a drop, dr- drop ship. ship I, I live in a row home. So it's like the idea of having some things warehoused in my house is just not possible. So even if that doesn't happen now, that is ultimately the goal, but we need to make the money to be able to invest the money, to be able to do the thing. Um, and we're also partnering with like local companies, like people that are like Making my hands on a stick. People that are making my microphones for me. People that are making. Daily classroom. Um, we will. Shirts. I'm gonna have
0: the hand on the stick. Will be on the website literally by the end of this week. I have everything ready. I just have to get Edie's brother to throw it up there for me. But everything's ready. That and those sort of things will be up very very shortly within the week.
1: And then we'll. I saw. I saw the word infomercial. Someone said. Then we will have an <laughs> infomercial. Um, have I got a deal for you? Tired of walking down your your aisles i have a whole idea for like a million infomercials actually but cool you yeah. good
0: yeah
1: gang it's good to be back
0: Have great thanksgiving there's everybody. some great questions
1: yes have a great thanksgiving if you don't celebrate thanksgiving have a great thursday um and we will see you next week 1 p.m eastern time that's it yep peace adios how do i turn this off i forget every week how am i so